really setting boundaries is about you being able to show up as your best self in the circumstances with other people. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that that's a really empowering perspective to look at boundaries through because for somebody like me, it's like you want to like a people pleaser, you want to give, you want to help other people. So I think if you can frame it as like me setting this boundary allows me to be my best for them, it can be a little bit more empowering than feeling like boundaries are just you telling people no. Welcome back to Social Soul Podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Jess. And we're going to have kind of a combo between two best friends today about some shit that we struggle with and things like boundaries, having breakthroughs, and just kind of bouncing back from some of those things. So hopefully we can give you guys some perspective and a little bit of insight into kind of shit we go through. Yeah. And this is going to be good for those people out there who are battling chronic illness, people out there who are trying to live an alcohol-free lifestyle because you definitely have to set boundaries Mm -hmm. with yourself, with other people in different aspects of your life in order to really stay on track and take care of yourself in the way that you need to. So, Yeah, and I think that there are kind of different areas that we can talk about this too, like with family, with social media, (laughs) with work, all of that. So... There's a lot of different areas you have to create boundaries Mm -hmm. in in your life. And I feel like for me personally, I didn't really learn to create boundaries until a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Like I really lived my life without boundaries, Mm -hmm. which is a wild concept to think about because now I can't live without my boundaries. Yeah, it's just not one of those things that people really teach us Mm -hmm. or we learn. We kind of learn how to just... I don't know. I feel like you're taught to just give and give and give and put other people before yourself. And then you kind of get to a point which we both did in like our mid 20s where we were like, energetically, we need to be better about this. Mm -hmm. I can't do these certain things and still feel my best. So that's when we're like, okay, now we're going to set some boundaries. But I'm going to be real. This is actually really hard for me because I am such a people pleaser. And when it comes to like my family, I love to help out, do things for other people, but it is so hard for me sometimes to say no and to set boundaries. So if you're struggling with this too, just know that you're not alone. It doesn't really get way easier, but you can grow stronger in your boundaries. So yeah, it's definitely not easy to create boundaries, especially if you are somebody who doesn't have any boundaries and doesn't know like how to start creating boundaries. Um, You know, it's going to be difficult for those people in your life when you do start creating those boundaries. They're going to be like, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like what's going on? Why all of a sudden are you like changing on me and why are you not giving me your all anymore but I don't know if it is just like a growing older thing whereas yeah. like shit just starts to change and like your body starts to hurt more <laughs> like you know what I mean you have more adverse effects to things like going out and drinking or mm-hmm. you know like just different things that you're like okay I can't live my life this like sporadically and like without worrying about the repercussions yeah so do you want to kind of start with where yeah. this started for you like when I created, started to create boundaries? Yeah. Well, I guess we could kind of talk about maybe what sort of boundaries you started with, like maybe in your friendships or. Um, So for me, I definitely didn't have boundaries until I got sick and had to create boundaries. Um, It was a blessing in disguise, but I definitely did, you know, like lose some friendships because of the boundaries that I had to make in my life. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll start there because that was probably the most significant impact that my boundaries had. Um, When I got sick, obviously, I wasn't able to do many things anymore. Um, And so like I had to create a couple boundaries within like just maintaining my friendships. I had to be real with them and be like, hey, you know, there's this thing that we used to do all the time together. I can't go do that anymore. Or like there's this way that you go about things that you can't do anymore in order to like stay my friend, which sounds so harsh. But like, I mean, it's life, right? You have to create these things. But um, so as far as like friendships, I'd say I definitely had to have like conversations with people about 
like I can't be obligated to show up for things. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't be pressured into doing things Mm -hmm. anymore. And a big part of that is because I don't know how I'm going to feel like every day I wake up, I feel different. Um, and so like, how am I supposed to plan things in my life anymore when I do have a chronic illness? Yeah. I can be like, oh yeah, I'll be at your bridal shower or your baby shower on Saturday. I might wake up on Saturday and feel like complete fucking death. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. it's not that I don't want to be there. And I think that's the part that people struggle with is a lot of my friends kind of took it as like, I don't care anymore. I don't want to put in like the effort to yeah. be there. And it's like, are you kidding me? Why would I not want to be there? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, some people take it personally and I just kind of chalked it up to those people weren't right for me. Yeah. If they were taking it so personally, because clearly they aren't fully aware or even caring to be aware of what actually is making me set these boundaries, mm-hmm. aka having a chronic illness. Um, so like the obligations, not pressuring me into doing things, also judgment. I had to like get a re- get rid of a lot of judgy friends through yeah. the process. Um, like I am just not a judgmental person anymore. I would say that I was at a certain point in my life. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, if you're somebody that judges other people, I instantly don't vibe with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't need your negative energy in my life. Yeah. And I just can't spend time with you. So how do you go about like setting that boundary? Like once you realize that sort of thing, is it like a spoken boundary or is it? Um, it depends. I would yeah. say it depends on the like who I'm creating it with. Um, so like for example like you I don't think I really had to like speak many boundaries to you because you were kind of like really always there with me and like learning what my boundaries were at the same time that I was setting them and like I don't know I feel like you just picked up on them naturally but that's probably because we are so close um another one of my close friends I did have to speak the boundary um and that boundary was she would always just show up randomly at Mm -hmm. my house and don't get me wrong like she's one of my best friends I love her to death, but I'm not always in the space to where I can just have somebody randomly show up at my house and like I can't be like coherently there for a conversation Mm -hmm. that you just want to stand and have for an hour. Um, And like I did have to speak that boundary to her and she was one of my best friends. So, of course, she didn't take it personally. Mm -hmm. She was just like, oh, my gosh, like, thank you for telling me. Like, I didn't even realize that that's difficult on you. Mm -hmm. You know, I will make sure I call or text you before I show up. Yeah. And it's been fine ever since. Um. But then there's also been a few friends where I feel like they just instantly have not appreciated or respected any of my boundaries to where it was like already at a point to where when I got sick, I was like, this person's definitely not going to understand any of this. I'm just going to cut them out. Yeah. And so I don't know. Like I don't have the answers of how to go about it because obviously I'm still figuring it out. But I just I feel like the people that respect you and actually care for you are going to understand whether you need to speak that to them, which is fine, or they just pick up on it without you saying Mm -hmm. it like the people that are right for you will hopefully be there for you. (laughs) Yeah. I know that there's a quote out there that's like the only people that get upset when you set boundaries are the people who benefited from you having none. That is great. That is so spot on. Yeah, it's super true. But kind of what I get from what you said is that really setting boundaries is about you being able to show up as your best self in the circumstances with other people. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that that's a really empowering perspective to look at boundaries through because for somebody like me, it's like you want to like a people pleaser, you want to give, you want to help other people. So I think if you can frame it as like me setting this boundary allows me to be my best for them, it can be a little bit more empowering than feeling like boundaries are just you telling people no because it's about so much more than that. I really like how you said that because that definitely relates to having a chronic illness um, and like the whole spoon theory, which I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. where it's like, if I say yes to these four things you want me to do this week, then I'm not going to be able to do that fifth thing that might be the most important out mm-hmm. of all of these things, you know? And so I did have to be like, hey, I can't just like go to the bar and get a drink with you because I really want to show up for your baby shower on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And like, that's going to affect how I'm going to feel on Saturday if I do this other one thing or like, I can't have an hour long phone call with you tonight about 
how much you love chicken nuggets because <laughs> that's going to like deplete my energy for being able to be there for you if something like actually tragic happens this week that you need yeah. me for. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I also I'm kind of thinking about a specific situation you had where you went to your friend's bachelorette party in Florida. And mm-hmm. that's something that it's I know it would have been nearly impossible for you to say, sorry, I'm not going to your bachelorette party. I can't do that. But I do know you kind of set up some boundaries while you were on vacation And like, it's like, if I'm going to go out and party hard with you guys these nights, like I'm going to be sleeping while you're at whatever thing Uh you're doing. Yeah. That bachelorette party, I was the maid of honor. So I was planning it. So it was one of those things that was literally impossible to get out of. Um, And I didn't want to get out of it because it is once in a lifetime thing. But it pushes the boundary a little. But it was really terrifying because I was sick and I did not feel good. And I was really nervous about going. Um, Thank God it was in Florida. Shout out to Florida because the heat helps me feel so much better. And I survived on that trip way better than I expected. But yeah, yeah, I did have to have a conversation with my best friend who I was planning it for to be like, hey, you know, I'm going to come. I'm going to show up. I don't know how I'm going to feel when I get there. I don't know what each day is going to look like. So if I can't go out to something that we have planned, like obviously all of you are still going, Mm -hmm. but like I might need to stay in and not go out that night. I I mean, she totally understood. She was like, I'm just glad that you're, you know, you're even going to try to go. Mm -hmm. Even if you're in the hotel sleeping the whole time, at least you're there with me. Like Mm -hmm. that's what matters. And I was like, okay. So it was totally fine. But I love that. But that was a terrifying experience for me. That was one of the biggest experiences I had with the whole boundary situation. Yeah. Well, because I know traveling for you is really hard and then just consuming alcohol and not being in complete control of everything you're eating. Like it was probably a lot of stressors all in one. Yeah, it was. (laughs) What about you? You had any like specific friendship situations that you had to go through when creating boundaries? Um, I mean, I think for me, a lot of it comes down to just being able to say no when I want to say no to people and like protecting my energy. I think since I started running my own business and working from home, a lot of people assume that I just have all of this free time, Mm -hmm. that I'm available to do things whenever they need me to, that I, you know, that I am just not doing anything while I'm at home. And while yes, I am in control of my schedule, I struggle a lot because people will ask me to do things in the middle of the day or things that I'm not really prepared to do or that I don't want to do. And I have to I have to remember that my energy and my business are the most important things. And so if I want to put my energy into a project I'm working on, maybe I need to say no to to helping you do something. But it's hard for me because even the other day, I had a friend who texted me who wanted me to hang out with her and help her do something in the evening. And I had to just say, like, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can commit that much time. And I instantly felt so guilty about it, though. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, it's not that I don't want to be there and show up for you. I just don't know if I have the energy to put into that while I'm also putting my energy into other things. So it's hard because it's like you have to choose you. Like that's the thing that you have to do is you have to choose yourself. And that can be really hard to do sometimes. A lot of you, like what you just said is so relatable to so many people because learning to say no is a huge part of boundaries. Um, And like when you're saying like you have your whole week planned. Yeah, you work from home and you can create your schedule, but you create your schedule ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So it's like the things that get brought up suddenly to like, it's hard to move your schedule around and change them. Yeah. Like I always say that personally with like, um, like with work, I can only work so many hours a week, but then like if my schedule changes the day of it fucks me all up mm-hmm. it like it's not a big deal if I can kind of plan ahead for it yeah but when something's like oh do you want to do this in two hours it's, it's like, like no uh I can't because I didn't plan to be doing that mm-hmm. during this hour of my week yeah. like well and you might <laughs> not be doing anything you might be sitting on your couch watching but you still planned that time but you planned for it yeah Well, and there are so much other things that go into doing things because I think for me, a really big factor is who it's with. Mm -hmm. I think about how my energy is going to be afterwards Mm -hmm. and if it's, if it's valuable for me. And 
I don't know. I feel like since I started my own business, that's, that's where my focus has been, but I still struggle, like, especially with family, like my dad, like with doctor appointments and stuff, like needing a ride to certain things because he can't drive. Mm -hmm. And so, but then he lives now, he lives like two hours from me. So if I have to give him a ride somewhere, it's like driving two hours, driving to the appointment, dropping him off at home, then coming back. So it's not that I don't want to help, but sometimes I just, I can't do Mm -hmm. it energetically, but I feel so guilty about it. I think that should transition us into like boundaries with family because I definitely have had to make some boundaries with family. I feel like you've probably had to make more boundaries with family than I have. It's funny though, because I don't feel like they're like spoken boundaries for me. I feel like most, most of my boundaries are boundaries that I know internally. And then it's like, if somebody asks me to do something, I'll just have to say no. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do talk to my dad. I'll be like, sorry, like I have this work obligation at that time. Or can I call you after I finish this? I just can't comprehend this conversation right now. Like phone calls are a big thing for me too. Yeah. I think it's probably harder to have spoken boundaries with family members because mm-hmm. you can't replace family. Yeah. Like you can always find new friends. You can't just find new family. Mm-hmm. So it's like you are a little bit more like walking on eggshells with mm-hmm. family. And so you really don't want to hurt their feelings yep. and make them feel like you don't care about them a little bit more. Um, I mean, I'd feel like the only boundaries I've ever made with my family, which were definitely unspoken boundaries, um, was just, well, I guess not really unspoken. I would say the must call and text or call or text before showing up is definitely something I feel like my whole family mm-hmm. has a boundary of like we've all always been really good at that and so we kind of know that that's like the thing that we all really need because yeah. we just never know what's going on in each other's like moments of life but um the other boundary that I kind of created unspokenly with my family is just staying out of drama I've noticed that a lot of my family members love to cling on to dramatic events that happen in other family members' lives and talk about them for weeks and months. And I'm just like, can we move on from this already? Like, just let this person deal with it, you know, like let them do what they need to do. We don't still need to be talking about this dramatic event I don't know and so I just feel like I distanced myself I've distanced myself from the family members that cause the most drama and talk about the drama that uh, that's really relatable because (laughs) I can think about multiple times where I've been on the phone with my dad for example and he's talking about somebody else in the family and I think what bothers me the most about it too is I'm like I wouldn't want you talking this way about me. Yep. I'm not going to contribute to this. And I have to be, what's hard though, is that when you kind of play like devil's advocate, like I don't really want to talk about this anymore. It's almost like it's on you. Like, okay, well, like I'm not trying to be rude or anything. Why can't we just like talk about it? And I'm like, because I don't want to talk about other people. But that's the number one thing that pops into my head every time. I'm like, do you talk about me like this Mm -hmm. to other family members? And then I'm like, I don't want to participate in this because I don't want you to talk about me this way at all. And again, it's like energy. It's like, is this even worth it to me? I don't need to be trying to solve this person's problems. I have my own shit to deal with. Like, yeah, they can figure that out. I got my own shit I need to figure out today. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually had an incident that happened a few weekends ago with my family that I will bring up because it definitely was something where I could have easily broken my boundaries to satisfy my family members, but I didn't. And I was like super proud of myself Mm -hmm. Um, a few weekends ago. And this is totally me being a terrible aunt. I will say for a moment here, totally forgot about my niece's birthday party. It did. It was scheduled like a little bit after my dog passed. So I had just totally forgotten about it. And like, just, it just, Mm -hmm. Totally never wrote it down because it like got scheduled right around that time, right? Yeah. So I had driven from where we live to West Seattle to stay at my boyfriend's house for the weekend. Mm -hmm. It was a Saturday morning and West Seattle is an hour and a half away from us, right? And Saturday morning, my mom texted me and was like, so are you guys going to be at Mila's birthday party today? And I was like, oh, shit, totally forgot that her birthday party was that weekend. And I was like, 
And my, I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot. And I said that honestly to my mom, because I'm not going to hide the fact that I forgot. Yeah. Like, it, that's literally what happened. And my mom was like, well, like, it's totally fine. You guys can just drive up here and like, we can all drive together. And I'm just like, I drove an hour and a half here. I'm not going to drive an hour and a half to a birthday party to drive an hour and a half back to West Seattle to drive an hour and a half home. I'm like, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And so I just literally had to text my sister-in-law and be like, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot. Like, I didn't plan for it this weekend. I'm in West Seattle. I can't make it. And she was totally fine. Mm-hmm. She understood. She's not going to be mad. Exactly. But like, I did feel terrible inside mm-hmm. at that moment. And I was like, I can fuck up my whole energy for the weekend and make this right. Or I can just be like, sorry, I, I messed forgot. up and just eat it and save my energy. Mm-hmm. And I did. I saved my energy and I just went along with my weekend that I had already had planned and like, I'm not saying you should skip out on your family members' birthdays all yeah. the time, but like, it was something that I was proud of myself for sticking to my boundary of my energy level for that weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like like birthdays and holidays are they're stressful. Um, really stressful, <laughs> and it's really hard. Honestly, I feel like this this last year since COVID and quarantine and all of that, I was forced to create boundaries around holidays and to be honest I don't know if I would have done it had we not had this COVID outbreak like had I not been concerned about the health and safety of the other people in my family if I was to hop from one party to the next like I used to do on holidays Mm -hmm. but it has been extremely hard to set these boundaries because Obviously, like there are emotions involved and it's like people want to spend time with you on these holidays and it's like there's significance to them and tradition. And and then you you have to be like, sorry, mom, I'm not coming over for Christmas. And she's like upset about it. But it's it's important. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like you have to really come back to what it's about and why you're doing it. And it's like if holidays are going to be fun, it means not running from one place to the next stressing Mm -hmm. the hell out about it so um I think holidays are a really important thing to talk about I know we kind of talked about it in previous episodes like the navigating holidays with chronic Mm -hmm. illness and navigating holidays alcohol free yeah we definitely hit it so if you're looking for like more information on how to navigate holidays specifically go Mm -hmm. search for those episodes that we already put out but um I think we should talk about it a little bit because I definitely feel like holidays the older you get, the more stressful they become. Like when you're little, they're fun with family because you don't understand the drama that's happening. Like you're just focused on like eating the food and opening your presents Mm -hmm. and like playing with your cousins. And like, you just don't realize like the actual heaviness of the holiday. Mm -hmm. And so as I've gotten older, I definitely have started to not enjoy holidays as much because I realize all these other things that are happening and that are depleting my energy levels. And before COVID hit, um, two Christmases in a row, I actually was really sick and I decided to opt out of my family Christmas. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry guys, I can't be there. It's too much on me to come hang out in a room full of 30 people who are all drunk and like singing and being super loud when I'm just in such a sensitive state. And I remember like they didn't, they didn't say anything mean to me when I opted out, but they just didn't really care to really like care of why I wasn't showing up there like they didn't really reach out and be Mm -hmm. like oh are you okay like Mm -hmm. why are you not here and which is fine like I don't require that when I don't come to an event but it did kind of make me like hmm like okay well why am I making such a big deal about this when they don't even really care from there but then when COVID hit and all of us couldn't spend Christmas together I'm like perfect now I can use a different excuse to not go even though I still don't want to go because I'm still in a fragile state. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it was accepted a lot more, which is fucking funny. Um, but there's a whole, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. I feel yeah, like. totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also just feel like it was so, it's funny how much it's like you can understand the benefit of setting the boundary. So like during mm-hmm. COVID and holidays, like I can know and I can communicate hey, I don't think it's smart for us to go from one gathering of 10 people to another gathering of 15. Mm -hmm. Because if we get sick at one and then we go to the other and it's like, you can know this, but then Dustin and I, because his mom like 
Dustin is an only child. Like him and his mom are like the only the only two Deacles. Well, actually, there is he has a cousin and there's a couple others, but they're the only family. And so it's important for her. But it was so hard to be like, hey, like this is the reality of the situation. We don't want to put you in danger. We saw you on Thanksgiving. We're not going to see you on Christmas. It was like so fucking hard to do. And I, I felt so anxious about it, but we just had to be like new traditions like we're gonna have to figure out something new so that's something to talk about too because you're talking about how you typically on Christmas go to multiple households yeah when I've been with a significant other I've always traded off on holidays so if I spend Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. with my family I've spent Christmas with my significant other's family and or vice versa and honestly I feel like that would be ideal that would be really ideal but then it's like the hard part is then you're missing out on the time like I think about with my family or like Dustin doesn't get to see his mom and his mom's going to be upset. So you worry about hurting, hurting her feelings, but then also just like missing out on like seeing my nephew open presents or whatever. So it's really hard to set the boundaries because you, you ultimately have to prioritize and I don't know, just make sure everybody feels like they got, yeah, ample time with you, but Mm -hmm. it's really fucking hard. Um, let's talk about boundaries with work mm-hmm. um, boundaries that you can think of that you made with like old jobs um, you kind of talked a little bit about your boundaries now that you have mm-hmm. you know your business from home um, but I think people really struggle telling their bosses their boundaries mm-hmm. when they have a boss and like it's it's something that's super super difficult like I remember in my construction job when I got really sick during that I had to learn how to tell them I wasn't able to do the things that I Mm -hmm. used to be able to do and it you know ultimately it ended up with me having to leave the job Mm -hmm. because they weren't able to keep me on with the amount that I was able to like do Mm -hmm. um, which made sense for the position and I'm glad I stuck to it because Ultimately, I'm not killing myself in that career anymore, yeah. which is the most important. I do miss the money, though. <laughs> um, but like now for my work boundaries, you know, I do have a strict boundary of I can only work part time. Um, and that's just something I've had to do, because if I work full time, then I don't have the energy left in life for anything else. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but work is not my life. That's well, not what I want my life to be. It's why you left your other job. If you're going to kill yourself over a job, you'd be making way more money. Exactly. So <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> um, yeah. And I had to learn to say no. So like if my coworkers like, hey, I really need you to pick up these shifts and those shifts are going to completely fuck up my week. I had to learn to be like, I'm sorry, I can't. Technically, yes, I am going to be on the couch binging Love Island that entire day instead of covering your shift. Mm-hmm. But you might not understand that. And I'm sorry. Yeah. But that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So that's been really tough. Um, also, just remembering to take mental breaks. I remember when I was in construction, I never took breaks for myself like even just a 15 minute break to go walk outside Mm -hmm. and to like clear my head and to give myself that like mental break yeah I never did that I just was go yeah nobody talks about that shit nobody does I was just go 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 well now luckily that I work in a naturopathic clinic um I actually am very fortunate that I my doctor is my co-worker so I get to talk to him about my different stressors at Mm -hmm. work and he gets to give me the advice as the coworker and the doctor. It's yeah. super helpful. But he like there was one week where I did have to pick up extra shifts. And I was like, I'm willing to do this because I can. That person really needs me to. I will. And I had was able to plan it far ahead mm-hmm. enough to where I could plan for it. Yeah. But even he was like, like, do you make sure that you take, you know, 15 minutes every now and then to like go do a meditation in like one of the empty rooms or like, yeah, should go walk around the parking lot. And I was just like. No, I sit down and stare at my phone. Yeah, I literally. Yeah, I'll go into the break room and like eat my food while I look on through Instagram. But like, I guess I never really. It's not a mental break. Yeah, it's not a mental break. Mm -mm. And so I was like, oh, shit, you're right. Like I can do these things for myself. So I've been starting to implement that a lot more into my workday and making sure that I vocalize that to my boss, to my manager, to my other coworkers so Mm -hmm. that they know that that's something I need. I'm not just like 
hey, I'm going to leave for 15 minutes to go smoke a cig or like, you know what I mean? Like I need this quick little break to get myself back into the space that you guys need me at ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did have to learn to, to like speak up when I'm upset or irritated by something that's happening in work, which I never did before. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So, I mean, the only way that you're going to be able to get what it is that you need is by communicating and working with other people to make that happen. And I think once you realize that it can just make these conversations and the boundaries a little bit easier. Cause I know it's like su- super challenging to like come up with this stuff. Even I was talking to Dustin yesterday and he was like, how do I let the people that I work with know that I don't want them to call me after a certain time of day. Do I just stop answering the phone? And I was like, well, why don't you, when you call them back, say, hey, sorry, I missed your call. I don't normally take calls past a certain time. And it's like, okay, there you go. You just communicate the boundary in a very like nice way. You don't have to be passive aggressive about it, you know? Yeah. God, you're so wise. I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, that is so smart to just say it subtly in a way like that. That's not like, hey, like this is this is my boundary. <laughs> or you just know? to not speak it and expect people to know. Yeah. But it also doesn't have to be a harsh thing to do. Yeah. I think it's funny, though, because I actually used to be I used to have zero work boundaries when I managed the tanning salon. It was like all day, every yeah. day. You can call me anytime. <laughs> Anybody, you need a question, the customer's pissed off, let me help you. And I, I remember this side of you. <laughs> I literally would wake up in the morning, like answer the phone. My phone was always on. My ringer was always on. I was always checking to make sure the salon was open. I got way too drunk at work events because I never set boundaries. And honestly, I just was like burnt out, overworked. And then when I finally did set a boundary with that company, it was because they were they were like, hey, we're going to move you to this store. And I was like, fuck no, that's like that crosses the line. And then I left. So I never really like learned to communicate or like set boundaries in that position until a few years later. So it's just funny to think about the, the difference because now if I'm working, I will ignore your phone call. I don't have like notifications for my text messages turned on. It's true. She doesn't. Sometimes it takes me days to text people back. I live in the same house as her. And sometimes I'm like, is she alive? Where is she? What is she doing? It's not, it's not (laughs) just you. It is literally so many people and I feel so bad, but it is because of my energy. And I think about like, I don't have my social media notifications turned on because when I'm going to be looking at those things, it's very intentional. Sometimes it's not. But sometimes I do try to be really intentional with it. Honestly, I feel like your boundaries around like answering other people, like when you're in the middle of something and like your social media boundaries, just like I would say your, I don't know, what's the word for it? Your, your mobile phone boundaries. Yeah, my, like, my boundaries with my phone. I yeah, your boundaries with your down. phone. Yeah, yeah, okay. Your boundaries that you've created with your phone have honestly like helped me set my boundaries with that stuff because I feel like social media and your phone is such a part of your life these Mm -hmm. days you do everything on them so it's definitely one of those things that you don't realize to create boundaries around it like you're just you're so numb to it Mm -hmm. and you just do it but without thinking it's this little portal that gives everybody access to you Mm -hmm. your phone and like everybody's like oh I can call her. I can FaceTime her. I can text her. I can DM her. I swear to God, when somebody FaceTimes me without telling me that they're going to FaceTime me, it makes me want to chuck my fucking phone across the fucking room. I'm like, just Uh, smash it with a sledgehammer right now. I will not be answering this FaceTime call. I actually had a friend who accidentally FaceTimed me one time and she quickly ended it and like texted me and was like, so sorry for that. I will never do that to you. Appreciate it. It's like, I don't do that. (laughs) I can imagine being somebody like that. She was probably like, oh my God, I feel so bad. Yeah. Well, I also feel like, like boundaries, like around your email too is really important. And I think a lot of people right now they're working from home. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, you can constantly be plugged into work. It's like, if you're using your cell phone for work calls, the work calls keep coming in. If you your laptop is in the other room. You can just go check your emails or clock in really quickly. And it it's just important to set some boundaries. And 
figure out kind of what those are. So I think if you can just take a look at like what sucks your energy, what gives you energy and plan your day around that, you're going to feel more empowered and you're definitely not going to have it all figured out because it's fucking hard. Um, I remember when the pandemic hit and my boyfriend, Steven, he went full time working from home. Um, so they weren't going into work at all. And I remember he's, yeah, he's technically paid on salary, but he still had a work schedule when he'd go into like the facility, right? Well, when he was working from home, he all of a sudden got into this routine of where he didn't have a work schedule anymore. Like he just worked when he wanted, like when he wanted to work. And I got irritated with him because like here I am dating him and it's like, 8 p.m. and he's like checking his work emails and I'm like I finally had to like help him set this boundary Mm -hmm. and I'm like like babe would you be checking your work emails at 8 p.m. if this if like if Mm -hmm. you had already been at work all day and you had just gotten home Mm -hmm. from work and he'd be like well no and I'd be like so why are you doing it now and he's like well I just feel like it's so easy to like clock in like just yeah it's so easy to to check everything that's going on at work because it's right here. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean you have to. Mm -hmm. And so like, we definitely had to like create that boundary for his work together. And I had to be like, I had to be like, okay, like what time of the night are you going to stop working? Mm -hmm. And so every night I would be like, Hey, are you done working? Like at that time or else he would just keep going. Mm -hmm. Dustin is trying not to put his work email on his phone it kind of bit him in the ass when we lost power the other week but I feel like that's a great boundary to set but one thing he does that I literally do not do so this is like the last boundary I have with my phone I will not like scroll Instagram or check my email or check my phone until I get out of bed now the only exception is Saturday mornings when I'm posting about the podcast the only exception. But I just think that's one thing you can do that's super easy to just stop checking your phone before you get out of bed that can help you energetically as well. I need to be a lot better about that. I will say I've heard this boundary of yours multiple times and I've always been like, that sounds like such a good idea. And I still never follow it. (laughs) And even now I'm thinking about like this morning, I'm like, I definitely was like about to get out of bed and then I checked my phone and then I ended up staying in bed for like a whole extra hour. Yeah, because you get caught up in the scroll. Because of fucking TikTok. That's mm-hmm. why. Yeah. And then it's, it's. I mean, just a simple shift. Like, okay, I'm not going to check my phone, but I'm going to go upstairs and make my coffee, sit down yeah. and drink my coffee, and then I'll look at my phone. Okay. I don't know. Instead of just going into reaction mode when you wake up. Speaking of boundaries around your phone and social media, I'm going to announce this right now because I'm making Haley do it with me, um, whether she likes it or not. She can't say no, even though this whole episode is about saying no, if you want to say no. Um, (laughs) We are going to be taking a social media detox break at some point. It's not planned yet. Yep. But I think it's going to be really interesting for both of us because we do rely so heavily on social media and like showing up and like doing everything through social media Mm -hmm. we're gonna kind of like take I don't know how long it's gonna be I don't know what the plan is yet but we're gonna do some sort of social media break and then we're gonna do an episode about it yeah it'll have to be like in April but totally down yeah someday it's gonna (laughs) happen I don't know when but I just think it's gonna be really interesting to see because I'm so used to social media being my main focus of life mm-hmm. now. And it's like, what am I going to do if I don't have social media? I don't know. This is going to be so intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. It'll be a, it'll be good. Do you have any more that you kind of want to share on boundaries? Um, I do want to share one more sort of category of boundaries just because I think it's important for people who have chronic illness. Yes. Um, is your boundaries with like your doctors or just even your medical team in general. Um, this is something I definitely had to learn. Before I got sick, I was, you know, total Western medicine, conventional medicine, go to the freaking clinic down the road and they have all my answers type of thing because that's what you're just taught you know every doctor is going to cure you that's what you're taught they'll know if you're sick yeah they'll they'll figure it out it's totally fine um and obviously I learned that that's not the case and a lot of I've had a lot of conversations with people in the chronic illness community about when to know when to leave your doctor because it's almost like a breakup yeah right and you really like you don't want to leave because you feel like you're being mean, right? It's hard to just 
be like, I'm sorry, but I don't agree with you. I need to go find somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's a really hard thing to do. Um, And I had to teach myself how to do that. I don't always do it in a spoken way. I will say that sometimes I just ghost them like I've done to people on dating apps, but (laughs) that's fine. Sometimes you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. That's like a pro tip. If you are struggling to set boundaries or say no, just ghost. That's all you got to do. But I have, I have taken into consideration now when I do see a new doctor or somebody new that I want as part of my medical team, if I walk into that first appointment and I don't vibe with them, I instantly ghost to them. Like I'll give them that one visit, but then afterwards I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't think that you're going to learn to love a doctor. I'm sorry. And it's like anybody, you know, like it's like, it's like a friend. It's Mm -hmm. somebody that's going to be with you for a very personal part Mm -hmm. of your life and you need to vibe with them. Mm -hmm. You need to, trust them Mm -hmm. they need to be like a friend for you um and that comes along with like if my doctor isn't willing to listen to me then they're not going to be part of my medical team anymore if they're not willing to just be on my side in general so say like I really want to I don't know a good example of this say I really want to try acupuncture because I've heard that it could help and my doctor's like acupuncture is not going to help you I'll be like, why wouldn't you just let me try? Mm -hmm. Like, isn't it worth it to try? And it's just like, so I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's like, do you know what's going to help me? Exactly. Are you willing to help me? (laughs) Like, Exactly. And I will say I have come across doctors who are a total blessing and who have actually been like, hey, we've gone as far as we can together Mm -hmm. in what's going on with you. I think it's time for you to find someone else. That is amazing because Mm -hmm. it's like no bad blood. It's yep. a mutual breakup. They're setting their boundary. <laughs> They're setting their boundary, knowing that they can't help you anymore. Like they mm-hmm. don't know what to do for you. So that's really nice. But I just want people out there with chronic illness to remember that you don't have to stay with your doctor if you don't like them. Yep. Create that boundary. Powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's my only other thing really I have for boundaries. So I think I hit everything. You want to talk about breakdowns? <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's funny is like when it comes to really having a breakdown, I feel like it always has to do with like being super fearful about something and like fearing rejection and fearing failure and wondering if I'm good enough. And then it's like I get into this mindset of like, oh, shit. So recently for me where this has kind of been coming up is a new piece of my business that I want to open up and a new piece of coaching that I want to do. And I can think about a couple of breakdowns that I've had since kind of working with my coach as I develop this. And one of them was back in like November, right when I started to kind of decide that I want to take what I'm doing with like alcohol free stuff and turn that into a coaching program. I like talked to my coach about it. She gave me this whole plan of like, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is when you're going to do it. And I got off that call with her and I like could not even like function because I felt so terrified. And then I'm just like sitting there like in my thoughts, like feeling emotional. Then I'm like, okay, Haley, try to meditate. And then I like cry during my meditation and I'm like, fuck, like this is like, it's so hard. Um, Yeah, but I kind of feel like really we're going to talk about bouncing back too. But that has, it's happened to me a couple of times, like a couple weeks ago, I I was crying to my coach on my call. And it's funny because I got on the call and I did not intend to cry. You know, when you cry to somebody and you like have this like emotional, like the, like the whole day, you're like embarrassed that you like (laughs) cried to somebody. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I cry all the time, to be quite honest. Um, I will say that every, the thing I've learned is every breakdown that I've had has always been right before like a huge blessing Mm -hmm. that's been created. So now when I get into that state of like, holy shit, I'm breaking down. Life is fucking terrible. I'm so stressed. I'm so scared. I have to remind myself like, you're going through this because some other door is about to open. Mm-hmm. Something else is about to get created in yeah. your life that's going to be the biggest blessing. 
that really has happened and breakdowns fucking suck they hurt they're terrible nobody likes crying nobody likes being upset (laughs) i for so many years every time i would get to a point of a breakdown i would hold it in as hard as i possibly could i would try my best not to cry would try my best to be like nope like you're strong you're gonna get through this you're not gonna you don't need to break down you're gonna be fine now it's just like i fucking let it happen yeah i'm like you know what this day fucking sucks i'm just gonna slam my door and cry in my room to halsey all fucking day long and tomorrow i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna feel fucking amazing because i'm gonna have gotten all of that emotion out of me Mm -hmm. i think that that's a good way to look at it because sometimes i fight myself when i'm in those emotions and i don't know if it's the enneagram three like the achiever in me thinking that i always like this breakdown is screwing with my schedule like it's screwing with the shit i'm gonna do schedule this breakdown for right now so i don't have the energy for you breakdown we're gonna have to set a solid boundary you cannot happen between nine and five Monday through Friday, you're going to have to save yourself for the fucking weekends, okay? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, but it just, it definitely doesn't feel good. But I think for me, really what what I have to come back to and what does really help me is is remembering, like, why I'm doing something, like, Mm -hmm. and just kind of finding my heart in it and finding the motivation within that because it kind of gives me hope and reminds me of like okay yeah it's a struggle but on the other side of this struggle there is all of this other stuff so you feel like your breakdowns are mainly because of fear Mm -hmm. I say so too and I remember having a huge eye-opening experience to where a big fear of mine my entire life has always been doctor's offices Mm mm-hmm And I never knew why they scared the shit out of me. I would just go to the walk-in clinic for a cold and I would in the waiting room get dizzy and almost pass out because I was just terrified that I was in a doctor's office. And it was so strange. I would always pass out at like x-rays and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Anything, anytime I knew something was like slightly wrong with me, I would just pass out. It was very, very freaking strange. (laughs) But little did you know what was to come. That's what I'm saying is like, that's what's so eye-opening is I was terrified of medical offices and then I got really, really, really sick and I was forced to be in medical offices Mm -hmm. like multiple times a week and I had to really just like face it, fight through that fear and face it and just be like, this is, I can't get out of this. This is just where I have to fucking be. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not scared of that anymore. So I try to remember that whenever I go through a breakdown because Mm -hmm. I'm scared of something that I'm doing or something that's about to happen, I'm like, Maybe I am scared of this because it's something I am supposed to face. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've read some books and the idea that the feelings of fear and excitement are kind of the same and how it's like you can choose to turn that fear into excitement. Like you think about the butterflies you get before public speaking or like you feel like I always feel like I'm going to fucking throw up, but it is also kind of the same fears that come with excitement, like the excitement of getting onto a roller coaster or like something I still hate like roller that. coasters, but yeah, I love them. But <laughs> but when when I can think about it like that, it kind of helps me like transition how I'm feeling into like a more powerful mindset. But I also love what you said is like the only way to really get through it is through facing it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a big part of me, too, that I tend to put things off because I am so scared of them. And I am breaking down and suffering (laughs) because of the fear. And then once I do it, I'm always like, why was I freaking the fuck out Mm -hmm. so bad? Like now it's over. I just powered through that. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's good. That goes like hand in hand with what you just said Mm -hmm. is just take that fear and turn it into excitement. Like, okay, I'm going to fucking face this. It's going to be badass. I'm going to get through it to the other side. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be like, holy shit. Yep. Um, I just do think it's interesting that you said the fear of public speaking, though, because that's a huge fear of mine, too. Mm-hmm. And that is what makes me want to like now become like a motivational speaker is because I am so terrified of public speaking. I feel like I'm supposed to go down that path now. Yeah, that's so weird because it's like that that fear instinct, like it is like built into us, but like it doesn't protect us the same ways that it used to, mm-hmm. you know, like we used to like protect ourselves, like, 
I don't know, like from danger, you know, like, and so fear creeps in. And so then when we feel it, we're like, oh, danger, danger, don't go there. But you're like, I'm going to go there. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, I definitely think that taking action is the one thing that can really help you kind of overcome fear, bounce back and just like work through those breakdowns. And for me, it helps just to take one thing at a time because, because when you take it tiny steps, you're going to be able to celebrate smaller wins and smaller accomplishments. Like maybe for you, the first doctor appointment you didn't pass out at, like celebrate the shit out of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So just don't be afraid to take action and just, I feel like really leaning into the fear and using it, which is so hard to do. And I'm like, Haley, take your own damn advice. Honestly, this entire episode, I've been like, wow, I know all of this shit and I should start implementing it. (laughs) Well, I think the thing is, is that we do implement it, but it feels weird and it doesn't, it almost feels like you're an imposter because you still feel the Mm -hmm. fear, but then you're you're still doing the thing. Well, this is what's so powerful about having a podcast with you too, though, is because we get to talk about these topics together. And then like hearing you say, even if it's the same things I'm saying, hearing you say it is like reconfirming that I need to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm Because like just hearing it from yourself sometimes isn't enough to convince you that you need to take those actions. Yeah. And so like when you're saying the same thing, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Like, I definitely should be thinking this way. Well, it's so much easier to have somebody else speak belief into you than Mm -hmm. it is to, like, believe in yourself. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it is that way. But That's why I'm so thankful I have you in my life. (laughs) I totally agree. (laughs) Is there anything else that you kind of want to talk about when it comes to, like, bouncing back from breakdowns? Um, I mean, I feel like I kind of covered just the way that I bounce back is just letting myself have the breakdown and Mm -hmm. living in it, letting it happen, getting all that out. And that is how I bounce back. Um, I also think bouncing back can be learning to create boundaries, honestly, and um, also just like working on self-love. I know that sounds so cliche, um, but it is something that I remind myself a lot of because I have had breakdowns associated with like my self-worth and like how much I like myself. And Mm so when I have that breakdown, how do you bounce back from that? I bounce back from that by reminding myself like, hey, Jessica, you're fucking hot. Okay, so like you're a bad fucking bitch. (laughs) You're going to wake up today and you're going to lay on the couch, but you're going to be hot while you do it. I don't know. Maybe reply to some DMs (laughs) while you do. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I just think like rest is a huge thing. And then disconnecting from social media can be a big thing too. Because sometimes for me, when I realize I feel like an imposter, it's because I'm looking at every what everybody else is doing. And I'm like, who am I to do this? Mm -hmm. So I think disconnecting from social media, which we'll have some more feedback for you guys on in the months to come, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, because yeah. that was the other thing I did have listed was taking a break from social media, mm-hmm. especially if your breakdown is about like self worth. Because let's be real, internet trolls are a huge part of the breakdowns that I've had about my self worth sometimes. So, God damn internet trolls. God damn you, internet trolls. Is there anything else that you want to add? I don't think so. I think that was, I think we covered a lot boundaries, breakdowns, and bouncing back. And being a boss ass bitch. Yeah. We hope you guys love this episode. Feel free to send us a DM. Let us know what you're going through. Let us know what helps you. DM us all the time, please. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye.